Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Never been on this side of an ups and downs before. It's quite exciting, isn't it? Let's up those downs. Started off with Ray versus The Miz on the kickoff show, and it was kind of thrown together, and it was The Miz in a kickoff match. I mean, what more can you say? Dominic tried to get involved, he got chucked out, Ray rolled up The Miz, he won. Cool. But then we got into the main show itself, and we kicked off big with Roman Reigns versus Goldberg in a match that they desperately wanted for WrestleMania a few years ago but couldn't pull together but here it was in all its grandeur and it wasn't very grandery. We started off with a big lockup and then it kind of rolled to the outside and then it was just it was just really really slow there was none of the sort of Goldberg fire that you might expect from something like this and um, there was no sort of big jackhammers or anything like that Goldberg hit a spear on Roman Reigns but he kicked out uh, Roman Reigns hit him with a Superman punch but Goldberg kicked out Goldberg was bleeding from the shoulder for some reason when he came out so Hamlet's idea was that he just kind of shoulder barged into a door probably he was also bleeding from his head at one point just in a tiny spot. I don't know how this man bleeds so much. But they amazingly went like six minutes and then when you look back on it you really can't think of how they filled that time because it was just a bit slow. Uh, Roman Reigns just decided to choke Goldberg out in the end probably the safest bet to be honest uh, and that was it. Roman Reigns won and he's off to Wrestlemania. I mean, it wasn't great I'm probably gonna give it a down and yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about that, because then we moved on to the first of two Elimination Chamber matches of the evening, and this one was the women. It was Liv Morgan taking on Nikki Ash, taking on Doudrop, taking on Rhea Ripley, taking on Alexa Bliss, taking on Bianca Belair, and this was okay. It wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but it definitely wasn't the worst. Liv Morgan and Nikki Ash kicked it off, but things didn't really get interesting until Doudrop and Rhea Ripley were out there. Uh, there was a great bit where Liv Morgan just kind of pushed Doudrop off the top turnbuckle, right face first into a pod, and it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, but the first person out of there was Nikki Ash. She was taken out by Rhea Ripley with the Riptide, and it goddamn serves her right for taking out Molly Holly at the Royal Rumble. I will never forgive you, Nikki Ash, and you deserve going out first. 
Next to be taken out was Doodrop, who got this like this sunset flip powerbomb thing from Liv Morgan. Slammed her down in the middle of the ring for the one, two, three. And then third out was Liv Morgan herself, um, who was taken out with a Twisted Bliss by Alexa Bliss. Before this though, there was a really great spot. First off, Bianca Belair was showing off her strength throughout this. Um, she had the whole press slam thing with one arm and then checked her back into the ring, but there was a great bit with Rhea Ripley and um, um, Bianca Belair where they were kind of showing off each other's strength and they had two people up in the vertical suplex and they were both kind of doing the sort of one-handed vertical suplex thing. But Rhea Ripley had Alexa Bliss up in the air and then Alexa Bliss's skirt just kind of fell down right in front of Rhea Ripley's face and she was just trying to like, pull up the skirt and peer out while she was still doing this one-handed suplex. It was absolutely fantastic, it made me laugh and it's also incredibly impressive. <laughs> but Bianca Belair was the star of the show at the end. She took out Rhea Ripley with a KOD and then it was her and Alexa Bliss, who's fixed now, according to the therapist on Raw. She's definitely not fixed though. Um, but yeah, they were the last two in there and they were the two that were all kind of wondering which one of these would go on and win the Elimination Chamber and go on to WrestleMania. But it was, of course, Bianca Belair. She eventually took out Alexa Bliss with a KOD. And this whole thing only lasted about 15 minutes. They were really not messing about getting people out of these pods and getting these matches going. This entire pay-per-view was only two hours and 50 minutes long. Uh, it was really, really short stuff. Um, but yeah, there's not a huge amount to talk about, but it wasn't a terrible match. It was good stuff. Bianca Belair goes on to WrestleMania to face the winner of Becky Lynch versus Lisa, which we will get to later on. And I'm gonna give it an up, why not? Next up, it was one of the more tone-deaf things WWE have done in their time, having a wrestler wrestle with only one arm in Saudi Arabia. They really don't think about these things, do they? But it was, of course, Naomi and Ronda Rousey taking on Charlotte and Sonya Deville. Ronda Rousey came out there in like a karate gi kind of thing, which was a really good way of getting around the whole women need to cover up everything in Saudi Arabia thing. But she did, of course, have her arm tied kind of at her side, not really behind her back. Um, but this was just a really odd way of using Ronda Rousey in your first match back after re-signing. She had a good showing in the early goes, but she did still take most of the heat from the match and Naomi eventually got the hot tag and ran a bit wild before then re-hot tagging Ronda Rousey after about a minute or something while she was still kind of selling her injuries from earlier on. Um, and it was just a really odd showcase for what should be one of your absolute biggest stars going into WrestleMania. They just took away all of the kind of shine from her like offense, like all of that kind of mixed martial arts, sort of pure wrestling based things. It was like she had some really good judo throws and things with the one arm and stuff is still kind of impressive, but it's just, it's not what you want from Ronda Rousey. Still, she was the one to get the win at the end though. She had Sonya Deville down on the floor and she was threatening to put the Piper's Pit in and uh, when Charlotte Flair was just like, oh no, I don't want anything to do with this and kind of wandered off and just left Sonya Deville in the middle of the ring to take the move and obviously lose. And this does two very strange things. One, like I said, it's not a big showcase for Ronda Rousey leading into WrestleMania, what should have been one of the biggest matches on WrestleMania, her versus Charlotte Flair. She should be looking like an absolute million bucks right now, but instead they're just showcasing her wrestling with one arm being a little bit off. Two, it takes away any kind of possibility of doing a Ronda Rousey versus Sonya Deville match down the line because why would anyone ever care about this ever again? She beat her so easily that she beat her with one arm in the middle of the ring, nice and easy. And three, there's a third thing that I hadn't thought about before, but there is a third thing. Naomi versus uh, Sonya Deville, it's also kind of 
done now because it was a very much a second fiddle storyline to the bigger Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte thing and like as far as like Naomi got some good offense in with Sonya Deville and stuff like that it just felt like it just was not important whatsoever. They also had a really weird bit at the end where Sonya Deville kind of went out of the ring after she'd tapped out and went to Charlotte and was fine with everything that Charlotte had just done. Just left her in the middle of the ring to die, pretty much, to Ronda Rousey. She was fine with it. She didn't complain whatsoever. So this was all a little bit weird. The match itself was probably fine, but in terms of just what you want on a road to WrestleMania and how you build into a huge match at WrestleMania with Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey, I'm gonna give this a down, sorry. Next it was Mad Cat Moss versus Drew McIntyre and I've just gotta get one thing out of the way before we go on with this and it's Drew McIntyre and your goddamn sword. This is Chekhov's gun, WWE. This is Storytelling 101. If you introduce something like this, like a goddamn sword, you better be willing to pay it off at some point. But you're not, are you? You're not gonna get to WrestleMania and Drew McIntyre is gonna stab Baron Corbin in the face, are we? We're not gonna get that. So why do we have a goddamn sword and why does he keep on threatening to use it? It's never gonna pay off. Get rid of it. Other than that though, the match was pretty much what you're gonna expect from these guys. It was falls count anywhere, although the fall didn't count anywhere, it just counted in the ring, so that was a little bit pointless. Um, Baron Corbin was on the outside selling from Madcap Moss, uh, Drew McIntyre was just chucking him around all over the place. There was a great bit where Drew McIntyre had Madcap Moss up in like a reverse Alabama slammer where he kind of pulled him down and he went face first. But I don't know what Madcap Moss was doing to try and sell it, but he kind of spiked himself head first and it looked absolutely nasty. Don't quite know what was going on there. But obviously Baron Corbin got involved and then they both threw Drew McIntyre through the barricade on the outside, but then he took them all out and then he got them back in the ring and then he got the sword out. He took a wild swing at Baron Corbin who ducked and it missed and then he threatened to stab Madcap Moss, which he's never gonna do, just get rid of the goddamn sword, but then instead of stabbing him, he ran at him with the sword, still full force, but instead hit him with the claymore, tuck him down, one, two, three, that was that. I mean, it's fine, I guess. There's nothing terribly wrong with it. The Drew McIntyre needs something way better than this leading into WrestleMania. He definitely deserves it, and you need to get rid of that goddamn sword. But, I mean, I can't complain too much. I guess I'll give it an up in the spirit of Simon Miller positivity. Yeah? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. And then we got to Becky Lynch versus Lita. What is a little bit of a dream match situation going on. And I will say this is probably the best match on the card. They had a really good sort of back and forth action. But their one big thing here was to build to one big near fall where you just, you just think Lita, she just might do it. She just might do it, might she? It was a little bit of the old wrestling tennis, as Simon Miller likes to say, as Becky Lynch was doing her best to sell for Lita and put over all of her stuff, but then they built and they built and they built and then they got to a manhandle slam spot where Becky slammed her down in the ring, but she was just a little bit too close to the ropes and Lita managed to get her foot on the ropes to break the fall. But then they built again and Lita eventually, she hit the twist of fate right there and then she went up to the top and everyone thought, oh my God, she could actually do this. And she goes for the moonsault, she flies backwards, out of the camera view and Kevin Dunn didn't cut properly because for some reason he's just terrible these days. Uh, But she hit the moonsault and then she got the one, she got the two, but then Becky Lynch kicked out for a really close near fall. But after that, it was only gonna go one way. Becky Lynch hit the manhandle slam again. She got the one, two, three in the middle of the ring. She did a nice little thank you or something to Becky Lynch afterwards and off she went. Uh, And then after the match, Lita, she got uh, music played and she got to cheer along with the audience. It was just a really nice little moment for Lita. fun match between these two. Lita still had it, Becky Lynch sold her ass off for her and she really tried. Uh, This is really good fun and it does mean of course that we're gonna get Becky Lynch uh, versus Bianca Belair at Wrestlemania and we got the graphic afterwards so that is confirmed. Uh, But I'm definitely gonna give this one an up and it's definitely the best match of the night. And then it was finally time for the match that's had the best build going into this event. It's the Usos versus the Viking Raiders. Except it wasn't the best build, was it? It's been really terrible and it wasn't even a match, was it? Because Usos just kind of attacked the Viking Raiders before the bell rang during their entrance and then just wandered off. And that was pretty much it. I mean... I'm torn here because I kind of want to give it up because it kept this show really short and we get to go home a little bit earlier. But at the same time, if you don't do something with the Viking Raiders soon, WWE, we had them back in WCPW. If you want to know how good these guys are, go watch some of those matches. They are absolutely fantastic as a tag team. The Usos are absolutely fantastic as a tag team. If you give these guys 15 minutes on a show and just let them do their thing, it will be an absolutely fantastic match. But what have you given the Viking Raiders since they've been on the main roster. Absolutely nothing apart from being in bins with some kind of monster and eating big chicken legs and things. Absolutely nothing. You really need to do something with the Viking Raiders, WWE. I know you don't like tag teams, but they are really bloody good. Do something with them. Do something with them versus the Usos. It will be fantastic. This was not it. Hopefully it leads to something bigger at WrestleMania, but this is a big fat down. 
And then it was time already for the main event for the WWE Championship. It was, of course, Bobby Lashley taking on Austin Theory, taking on Seth Rollins, taking on AJ, taking on uh, Riddle, taking on Brock Lesnar inside the Elimination Chamber. Or the Filimination Chamber. Gotta talk about Brock Lesnar's entrance before we actually get into the match because it was absolutely hilarious. Brock Lesnar is on great form at the minute. I love this version of him. He does not care anymore. Uh, he came in, he just sort of breathed on Bobby Lashley's glass and drew a little smiley face on it. He just completely no-sold Riddle and just turned his back to him as he walked past his pod. And then he did this weird little, like, peck dance as he went past AJ Styles before finally getting inside his pod. I love him. He's absolutely fantastic. Brock Lesnar not giving an F is one of the most fun things on TV. <laughs> but then we get into the match itself and Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins kicked it off and you'd think this would be a fun way to sort of elevate Austin Theory a bit, getting some time in the main event picture against a really solid hand like Seth Rollins, but they didn't do a lot until Seth Rollins got Austin Theory up in a buckle bomb and he didn't throw him into the buckle, he threw him into Bobby Lashley's pod but he didn't throw him into the pod, he threw him straight through the pod, he smashed through the plexiglass, he smashed into Bobby Lashley himself, Bobby Lashley went down, and then there was this really weird moment where it was like, it almost felt like it wasn't supposed to happen, but it obviously was supposed to happen, and then some sort of medical people came into the ring, and Adam Pearce was there, and a few other people, and they eventually picked up Bobby Lashley and walked him out of the ring, and out of the match, and out of the pay-per-view, and then later on, Michael Cole told them he was under concussion protocol, and so he couldn't come back into the match. So that left a big question mark over what was gonna happen. Like, was he gonna be replaced? Michael Cole told us on commentary that it means there's going to be a new WWE Champion, no matter what happens, so he was definitely gonna lose the belt. But what is he gonna be replaced? Was there just gonna be absolutely nobody? I think some of the rumors going around with a certain Cody Rhodes may have played into people's feelings about like, oh, well, this could have gone so much better or been a lot more interesting. There was also rumors of, like, twists and turns going into Elimination Chamber, and I think people thought there was gonna be something much bigger than what actually happened. Instead, Riddle came out, and then AJ came out, and then the lights did the bloop, 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 bloop thing, and it landed on Bobby Lashley's pod, where he was supposed to come out, and then everyone looked a little bit confused, and nobody came out. And Brock Lesnar was really annoyed at this, thinking, oh, you're just wasting my time now, I get paid by the minute. He smashed through his plexiglass, and he entered himself into the match. And that was the beginning of the end, because Brock Lesnar just ran through everyone. He picked up whoever was closest to him, he F5'd him, and he pinned him. And then he picked up the next person, he F5'd them, and then he pinned him. And then he picked up the next person, and he F5'd them, and then he pinned him. And then all that was left was Brock Lesnar and Austin Theory. And to Austin Theory's credit, he gave it a go. He gave it a good go. He tried to fight back with Brock Lesnar. He got a good low blow in there, which actually floored Brock Lesnar for a second. Then he tried to run up the Elimination Chamber cage. But as he was climbing up to the cage, Brock Lesnar hurtled up the cage. He went up there as fast as he possibly could. There was one bit where his leg just fell straight through the uh, the chains and it felt like he was gonna not quite make it up there, but he got there and then he got on top of the pod and he grabbed Austin Theory and he picked him up and we we're all thinking, oh, he's gonna F5 him into the ring. Nah, he just F5'd him onto the outside of the elimination chamber. <laughs> And that was pretty much it. Brock Lesnar got down, he pinned Austin Theory, he pretended to take some selfies with him, uh, and Brock Lesnar is your new WWE 
champion. We got the big graphic for Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. It's going to be champion versus champion. They didn't say title versus title. It said champion versus champion. So I don't know if something's going to happen with that down the line. But yeah, Brock Lesnar just won. Kind of just like that. So I guess this is their way of protecting Bobby Lashley and he can still have a claim that he's never been beaten by Brock Lesnar and he can have the claim, um, like a legitimate claim to the WWE title at some point down the line and it's definitely something they can go back to post-WrestleMania. But it also just felt a little off and it definitely set our chat off and people did not seem too happy about it. In terms of me though, I love this version of Brock Lesnar. He absolutely ran through the people. He was having a great time while he was doing it. He hurled Austin Theory off the top of a pod with an F5. I mean, what, what more do you want? Like, you've got him versus Bobby Lashley to go back to at some point. We were obviously going to get Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania, so we had to get there somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, it was fun for what it was. I'm going to give it an up. So, yeah, that's that. Like, in terms of WWE shows, it definitely wasn't the worst, and it sure as hell wasn't the best, but, I mean, I can't not give it an up. It was absolutely fine. It's built to WrestleMania and that's the kind of point of this entire show was to just build to our WrestleMania matches. We're going to have Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. We're obviously going to have Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. We've got Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. There's a lot coming out of this um, that's just leading to better things in the future uh, and hopefully the stories they can tell on Raw and SmackDown to get there will just improve on this and just keep the ball rolling through to WrestleMania. So yeah, Definitely wasn't the best show. Definitely wasn't the worst show. It was fine. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.